the 76. I'm seriously thinking of changing the title of this series of posts from counting my blessings to counting my frustrations and disappointments. Today's drama is that we've been looking forward to Jamie and his girlfriend coming to visit from the UK for 10 days. Like all travellers in these times, they had to have Covid tests 72 hours in advance to be allowed to travel today. They had the test together, with the results due by midnight last night. Jamie's arrived at 8pm, but Sophie's has still not come through. This obviously made for a stressful morning for them. Jamie is on the plane, and we hope that Sophie will be able to come tomorrow. This is yet another thing we could have done without. It's hard to keep perspective when you combine this with the delay in our visa finalisation, the loss of our provincial healthcare coverage, my home nursing contract coming to an end before my need for it has finished, the continued frustration of the limitations of the fixator on my leg and the general COVID restrictions. At 5am this morning, I was trying to decide if I wanted to open the window and howl at the moon or assume the fetal position and quietly weep. I do realise that all our current issues are first world problems, that there are people all around the world who face deadlier threats, manage greater frustrations with bureaucracy, cope with more significant restrictions in daily life and have bigger health issues to handle. I'm aware that living in the first world means that I also have access to much better resources and that all these challenges hold reasonable hopes of a good outcome, which does not take away my desire to scream. My friend Linda has a series of posts that she calls perspective adjustments, sharing pictures of nature in her neighbourhood that helps her see life differently. When I have thoughts in my head repeating, this is not what I signed up for, I need my own perspective shift. There is nothing in my employment contract, marriage vows or Christian commitment that says I will have an easy life and every day will be full of laughter and fun. I'm not sure where I picked up the idea or bought into the myth of the perfect life. It did not come from the Bible. The reality of God meeting people in the midst of trouble is much more the narrative of scripture, rather than God guaranteeing people the absence of trouble. Jesus tells the disciples in John's Gospel, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Paul writing to the Corinthians says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Peace is not the absence of conflict, dissonance or difficulty. It is the presence of God in the midst of them. Years ago at a SU family camp during one of the all-age services, some teenagers performed a rap they had written. 
It was an extraordinary moment in the week, and I suspect many who were there will still remember it. The chorus was particularly memorable. In this world, you will have trouble, sometimes single, sometimes double. Do not be afraid. It wasn't easy for them back then, and it isn't easy for me right now. But that doesn't mean it isn't true. Trouble in life is normal. The intensity, thankfully, varies. But faith is forged in such crucibles as peace appreciates. Today, I'm thankful for the reality of God's presence, for enduring hope and for the prospect of seeing Jamie later today and Sophie tomorrow. I'm thankful that Ailsa stands by her commitment, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and in sickness and in health. And I will try to turn my screams and groans into shouts and songs. Day 77 Yesterday did not start that well, and as the hours went by, the only thing that really progressed was the day. After an unsuccessful sortie to Service Ontario, I came back to the office to do some work. Ailsa went home to sort out a few things while we waited for Jamie to message that he had managed to navigate immigration, customs and COVID control. Because the car was not parked outside, it was not obvious that I was still there when the last person set the alarm as they left the building. I sat for a while quietly typing and trying not to trigger the motion sensor in my office. What better way to end a day that started at 5am with the phone buzzing than with the alarm blaring? It was a small thing. No harm was intended and no real harm was done. Today I met a friendly receptionist and technician when I went for my CT scan at the hospital. I've had interactions with a lot of nurses, doctors, paramedics and support staff over the last four months. Some have been tired, distracted or perfunctory. Others have shown great kindness. They were all doing their job and have contributed to my healing in different ways, but some have gone the extra mile. Today, a few smiles and a stress-free procedure were a blessing to me. It was a small thing. No great good was intended, but a little real good was done. During COVID, I have observed that little things are far more likely to push my buttons. I can think of at least three different occasions where I could have treated someone better, but allowed the situation to get to me. I'm generally far more adept at observing other people's poor behaviour than my own. It's a short circuit from self-pity to self-indulgence. Jesus calls us to love our neighbour as ourselves. This does not sit well with entitlement. Other people are not there to serve us. We are called to serve them. At the heart of Christian leadership is a giving up of rights and a taking on of responsibilities. Everything we do affects other people positively or negatively. We cannot justify self-serving behaviour by saying we are too busy, important or insecure. 
I recall a friend starting as managing director of a large company who spent the first hour in the job talking to an intern and a cleaner in the lobby. One of the senior partners observed this and commented to a colleague that this was not the kind of strategic leader he had been hoping for. The colleague mentioned this conversation later to my friend, who smiled and said two things. If we just do what everyone else does, how is that leadership? And culture is only changed with kindness. Small things that matter frequently come down to kindness. Love is kind. The writer to the Hebrews encourages a love your neighbour as yourself, concern for prisoners and those who are mistreated. Such people are looked down on and have no social status or influence. He also talks about showing hospitality to strangers. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were suffering together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Today, I'm thankful for the many people who have shown me kindness over this season. I'm also grateful for the kindness of the Lord in bringing Jamie and Sophie to visit and for the joy of seeing some of our family again in person after such a long time. To those who have shown me hospitality as a stranger, perhaps hoping to meet an angel without knowing it. Thank you very much, but better luck next time.